0: Everybody had a great week. Amen. Hey, I want to ask you a question. How many of you love this, like fast food? Now, a lot of you should be raising your hands because I see you come in here during the week. And you leave all your sacks out there. Now, how many of you got fast food? You pull up to a, uh, I'm not going to say a name. You get in line and they take a few moments. You say, can I have your order? And you say it four or five times. And then you get your order, you're rushing real quick, you drive all the way home because it's your only meal, and it's, or it's over, or it's not cooked enough. And then, how many of us get really upset? Really get angry? And so they should have known better, right? Well, here's the problem. It's called fast food. Everything is fast. So they don't have time to process your meal properly you want it fast they gotta give it to you fast so you better have a fast and good outlook on what you receive because it was undercooked overcooked it was wrong you want it quickly you got it quickly and you hate it quickly and I'm talking about fast, fast, fast. It's a world fast. We have these gadgets to call cell phones. They're quick when they text. When you text somebody. How many really get upset when you text somebody and they'll text you back in three seconds? Hey, I can't believe it. They didn't text me back. What are you gonna do? I don't know. I don't know. Like, I grew up, they didn't have cell phones. They just had to wait till you got home. And then we had dial phones. ol four two four two was our number. Remember, the, no, you guys are, I'm sorry. Y'all be like, life must not exist without a cell phone. Pastor Rich, they must have had a horse and buggy when you were growing up. <laughs> well, the same way we process life in this world, we put God on the spot in the kingdom of God. And then when he throws time in there to slow down our, our fast, we get... Mighty disappointed, don't we? And here's the thing. What I want to just spend a few moments as we've been talking about the fruits of the Spirit, which are character traits. That word, that dreaded word that we all talk, we hate to talk about. Patience. Y'all don't even like it when you talk about that. Because you always hear, I'm not going to pray for patience because I'm going to have a bad week. You don't have to pray for patience to have a bad week. God loves you so much, he'll give it to you to to grow you up. You don't have to ask for it. And the the question is, really, you know, from patience, why wait? Why do we have to wait? Why wait? I go to the front line. I go to that that first window. I put in my order. I drive to the second window within a minute and a half. If it's three minutes, I'm really upset because they're too slow. And I get my order, and I go home why can't God act the same way? I pray on Monday. Why can't I have my answer on Tuesday? We're going to answer that question. Why wait? That's the question we all are asking God right now. Some of us are offended at God because he hasn't answered your question. Why are you waiting? But well, One thing I, I love about God, he knows exactly when we, what we need. And when we need it. And he's always on time. And in the process, he's always growing me up as I'm waiting. There's a method to his methods, there is a principle to why he makes us wait, and we're gonna spend time on that. How many love the word patience? One hand goes up. (laughs) Yeah. I can tell the way you drive in Abilene. Just kidding. It's a 15-minute town. Everyone's gunning past you like, I got to get there. Where are you going? Where are you going? There's only one place, the mall. In Walmart. That's all you're going to. I got to get there. Except on Sundays, there's no one outside. And we get here slowly. Church. Okay, I'm off my message. (laughs) Talk about patience. Number four, starting in the man with side of the fruits of the spirit. Remember, we talked about character traits that God puts in each and every one of us to show his glorious love for other people, his glorious grace for other people, that he's equipped us to get and minister to other people with these this character traits that he gives us. A lot of these character traits, we're not born with them. He has to develop them. That's why a lot of people don't like the word patience. has to be developed. You just don't receive it in a classroom. You You learn it through life. And he uses life in a way to grow our patience because he loves us so much he doesn't want to leave us in the place that we uh, start. Let's go to James chapter 5, starting in verse 7 through 11. I'm using the ESV version. Get your Bibles out or get your phones out, and you can follow along with me. I will talk about uh, patience. He talks about James covers three type of people, farmers, prophets, and then he talks about our favorite person in the Bible, Job. I just got to have me some more Job. Y'all like, who's, I thought that word was job. James chapter five, starting in verse seven. I love what he says. He starts it off right away. Hey, guys, be patient. Therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord, see how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it until it receives the, the early and late rains. You also what? Be what? Okay, establish your hearts For the coming of the Lord is at hand. Do not grumble against one another, brothers, so that you may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing at the door as an example of, oh, there's a hard word, suffering. How many love suffering? Y'all knew you had. Y'all knew you raised your hand. And patience, brothers. Take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. Behold, we consider those blessed. Oh, man. Those blessed who remain steadfast, you have heard of the steadfastness of Job, and you have seen the purpose of the Lord and how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. And this is James encouraging the brothers about the Lord's coming back. He is coming back, if you don't know, uh, to bring uh, glory back to the earth and also to really do some things, uh, deal judgment here on the earth. But here's the thing. As he's talking about patience, he says it three or four times in there. Let me give you a definition of patience. To persevere patiently and bravely in enduring misfortunes and troubles. To persevere patiently, someone say bravely, and enduring, everyone say enduring misfortune and oh, trouble. How many love trouble? I'm not getting any response this morning. But let me give you, in plain sense, in plain meaning, it means to stay put and stand fast when you would like to run away. How many, when you get involved in trouble, you like to exit the door? You like to run. You like to get out of town. But God calls us to what? Endure what? Trouble. Embrace trouble. Because trouble is growing you up. It's growing you up. And he talks about the farmers. And I was, when I was preparing for this message, the big drought that's going on in, in the Midwest and the farmers who are trying to grow corn and all those things, well, I'm realizing something that they didn't say they're going to quit. They're going to continue going on. They know there's a system in place. Someone said today, Lord says, "Always oh, be a seed, time, and harvest. There'll be another season that they can grow the corn. It didn't make it this time. They'll raise your prices, but next year they'll be there. That's how they believe. That's the faith they have. They put the seed in the ground. They don't know what time is coming up. They don't know when it's going to come. They just know it is coming up. And that's a farmer. They live on faith. And they have to trust God to grow the seed. The seed goes in the ground, and you got to trust God for it to come up. It's like our lives. We get, God gives us things to deal, to deal with or grow us up, plant seeds on us. We don't know how it's going to grow, but we know one thing it's going to grow. And then you're talking about the prophets. How many love the prophet Jeremiah? They call him the crying prophet. What a job he had. Jeremiah, you're going to be my prophet for the nations. Everyone that you talk to is not going to listen to you. Even the kings are going to try to kill you. Even the priests are going to hate you. And everyone is going to call you a traitor. Now, do you want the job? And And Jeremiah said, I think so. And he did, and he was an honest prophet. That's why you called him the crying prophet. He says, man, God, you didn't tell me about the evil. Yeah, I did in the very beginning, chapter one. And I like Ezekiel. He was a great prophet. And he said this. God called him to do crazy things. And he said in one part of his word in the, in the Bible. It says, I went in my bitterness. That means he was angry. He didn't want to do it. But he was obedient to God. And they had a word from God. They had the grace of God, but they had the trouble of people. And they had the answer to everything, and no one listened to them. Sound like today. Jesus is the answer to everything, and no one's listening. And then you're talking about Job, one of the favorite books in the Bible. I know you guys read it every day. Upstanding man, and we're going to end with him. All of a sudden, trouble came upon him that he could not understand. And he had to process that. And he had some great friends. First, he had a great wife. She said, why don't you just curse God and die? There ain't no encouragement there. Then he had three friends that told him, you know why you're in this trouble? Because you sin, man. You're crazy. And God's just judging you. And you know all Job needed. And I want to help somebody. When someone has an issue, and we talk about discipleship, See, this young man, tall man, big brother, why don't you stand up? I ain't going to bother you. He has a problem. A lot of times, and you guys can agree with me, all Job needed was someone to say, man, it's going to be okay. Now he didn't say, man, you know why you're in that problem? Because you didn't pray four times. You didn't read your Bible enough. Did he need all that? All Job needed was a hug. Thank you, sir. That's all he needed was a hug. But he received so much more that he didn't need. And then he had a choice to make at the end of the book, which set him free, which I'm going to help some of you guys set you free if you feel like you're in a place of waiting, how to help you wait more effectively. Because he did some key things where God blessed him. And God, when you're going and you're waiting for something from God, God does not desire us just sit and wait. He decides to be active waiters. Continue blessing other people as you're going through it. Then you'll receive what you've been asking for. Not in the way you thought you'd get it, but you're going to get it. Amen. So, again, he talks about those prophets and he talks about this. He said, uh, let your hearts be established. And we're talking about bearing fruit, you know. A heart that is not established cannot bear fruit. And God wants to establish us. One of our E's here when we talk about building, we try to establish people in, the, in Christ. We try to establish people in the faith. We try to establish people in freedom. That's what we want to do is we make disciples. We establish your heart so that fruit can be birthed and be bared. If your heart's not established, it's not solid, if it's not touched, tied to anything, you can't bear anything. And the way God wants it, he says, I see the greatest gift in you as an evangelist, but guess what? You're just premature, and I got to establish you in that gift. So I got to grow you up into that gift because I love you so much. I want to make you stable in that gift. I want to make you stable when you bear fruit. And that's part of waiting. You're growing. You're establishing. You start to get stronger. You ever feel like you're hitting against a lid in your life? As you keep bumping that lid, Guess what's happening to your legs? They're getting what? Stronger. You're growing. And that lid will come off, and guess what? Another one shows up. Because God loves you. He wants to grow you to another place. Second thing he says here, and which is a testimony to us, guys, as believers, our patience in times of suffering is a testimony to those around us. When we're patient in in trials, there are other people looking at us. Because once we say, Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior, if you have a cubicle or you're at work, I know you all have your Christian music playing and you have all your cards, I love Jesus, and you're this and you're that, and everyone's going through something. And they're looking to see, is it Jesus that's on that table in that person? So when everything, we're not getting paid today. Okay. My God shall supply. Now, if you start tripping like them, they'll say, I told you that God was fake. You don't even believe what he's got on that? What the music's playing. They hear the music like we do. They just want to see him in you. And it's a testimony when we're able to stay patient in the time of waiting. Third one is, he has, you know, guys, don't fight. Please don't be upset. You know why? Because those who are impatient with God often leads to impatient with people. When you're impatient with God, often leads you to be impatient with people. I realized doing this for so many a few years that when people get hacked off and leave a church, they're not leaving the church. They're hacked off at God. You just said we just happen to represent everything God represents. So we happen to be the ones in the crossfire. But when you're impatient with God, you're impatient with people. Every time I see someone who's either upset about something, it always leads back to God let me down. I'm imp- I wish you would hurry up. So when you're impatient with God, you actually impatient with people. That's why he tells us to love God, love people. It's impossible to love people unless you love God. So when you're impatient with people, I mean with God, you wind up being impatient with people. And your attitude's bad because you're impatient. You're waiting. And God let me down. Some of you are angry at God right now. Some of you are giving up on him. And think what? Guess what? He hasn't given up on you. He loves you. He doesn't want you to be. Now, you can be like Job and and speak to him, but you don't have to be impatient because he always going to carry through what he says he's going to carry through. Again. Now, why wait? Why wait? Three things. First thing is, because the harvest is worth the wait. The harvest is worth it. Whatever God's growing in you is worth waiting for. Go to Hebrews eleven eleven. One of the greatest, spectacular verses in the Bible. I say that about every verse. It says, by faith Sarah received, herself received power to conceive even when she was past the age since she was considered him faithful who had promised. You got to know about Sarah. Over 90 years old, everything in her is dead. She's not gonna reproduce any children. She couldn't work. They even her and Abraham, when they were 86, tried to help God out. It was impossible for her to have a child. But who's the one that takes the impossible and makes it possible? God. And he gave her power. See, when you wait in patience, that leads to power from God. Because you're not trusting in your own power, you're trusting in his power, which becomes for his glory. She was past age. And she was amazing looking. If you look in the Bible, the kings wanted her. And she was over 90. It's in the Bible. What's wrong with you guys? You need to read your Bible. She was past age. And she had to learn patience. They tried to go ahead of her. In in Genesis chapter 16, they had a great idea. We'll help God out. Well, you can um, tell the husband, hey, sleep with my handmaiden. That won't happen today. (laughs) Y'all getting it, right? You know, the Bible's real life, guys. I'm going to talk to you about real life. Anyway, and since he was 86, Ishmael was born. Not the precious blessing. It was a blessing, but not the precious blessing. Whenever we move ahead of God and walk ahead of God, will create something that's not precious, the way he decided. Because what he was going to create was going to be permanent, which put us all here today, which is Isaac. They were trying to create their own thing. Which, and now I could tell you, I'm not going to go into war history. But this is what was precious, because it was worth the wait. 25 years was worth the wait for something pressure Because let me tell you what happens in those 25 years. Two things. God gets glorified and we become purified. Because he takes all of us out of it and puts him all in it. And we can't take credit for it. So he's always, in your situation, he's going to be glorified and we're going to be purified from the inside out. And that's what happened. It was worth the wait. Guys, whatever you're waiting on, it's worth the wait. Whatever back road you think you took, it's the perfect road if God is on it. It's not going to McDonald's in a quick line, it's about going around the block 14 times so you can buy the McDonald's. It's worth the wait. Why? Because God's producing a precious harvest in your life, harvest in your life. And true faith is able to wait for the fulfillment of God's purpose in God's time. It's God's purposes in his time. And that's the word we have problems with, time. Because his time is not my time. His time is like a little child's time sometimes. You say, son, daughter, pick up the truck. Hour later, pick up the truck. Now, it's only four feet. How long does it take your kids to get there? Pick up the truck. got to have three times. They're slow, right? (laughs) They are never in a hurry. When it comes to school, are they in a hurry to go to school? Sound like y'all coming to church. (laughs) Now on Monday through Friday, y'all wait, especially Friday because it's payday. That's what God is. He's always in a mode of peace. He already knows the end from the beginning. He doesn't have to rush He already knows what you're going to become before you do. And he graciously crafts that, which he's working on. So it's worth the wait. Second thing. God's in charge. Second Peter three, nine. God is in charge. This is Peter speaking. The Lord is not, everyone said this again, the Lord is not slow. He's not slow to fulfill his promises as some count slowness, but is patient towards you. Wow. Not wishing that any should perish, but that should all reach repentance. And he's talking about the last days, how God is waiting. He wants all of us to come to repentance. But one of the greatest things, it says God's not slow, but he has patience toward us. Whenever I'm in a mood of complaining, about something or a situation in the church. God always reminds me of this. Took me 30 years to wait for you, homie. What's your problem? You can't wait 30 minutes? Why? Because he's patient toward me. So I need to be patient toward others. And patient mostly toward him. Because he's long, that word patient, long-suffering. He is suffering long watching us trying to get it. He's still saying, all I said was the word go. They still don't get the word go. He's suffering because we don't get the word go. That's a joke. No one likes word patience. Long suffering taught us. He had to be. That's why he sent his greatest gift, Jesus Christ. You look at verse 8. He says this. One day is a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day to who God man <laughs> God we sometimes we think we're waiting a thousand years, right it 's only been a week <laughs> why because God doesn't deal with time. While God works in time he's not limited by time. Now he works in time, but he 's not limited like we are by time he's eternal. He saw us when he was creating the world. He's eternal. He's not limited by the time we're limited by. To him, it's no big deal. It's just like when you have an issue with something, we think it's this big because we're this close, but when you pray, he'll give you a God's issue and say, that's nothing but a peanut. Leave that alone. Here's the greatest thing. I want to encourage somebody. You know, God's delay is not a denial. His delay is not a denial. It's a delay. It is a delay. I used to work on ejection seats. We need a point second delay for some things to work or the guy will get killed. Sometimes you need the delay before you receive. If an 11-year-old comes up and says, I want a Ferrari, do you think I'm going to f- delay or fulfill that? And the when? They're what? Until they're what? <laughs> okay, parents. Until they're what? 40. 40? 40, so they until, they, until they can buy it themselves. Okay. <laughs> All right. We're going to have a family class going on today. And, <laughs> so 16 ain't going to work. 40 ain't going to work. That means you're never getting one. But... <laughs> okay that means until you're ready God knows when you're ready for something before you know you're ready for it some of you are waiting but he knows you so well better than you know yourself if I give it to them too early they will not appreciate it or they'll destroy what I'm giving them So let your timing be God's timing, and then you'll learn how to walk in peace because God answers two ways. Sometime immediately, but most of the time ultimately. They're always fulfilled immediately or ultimately. When I know there's an ultimate answer to it, I'm not going to worry about it anymore. I have peace in my waiting. I have faith, active faith. Am I waiting? Isaiah 46, is that five? Psalms 46, 10? Psalms 46, 10. I love this. It says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Why? Because I'm going to be glorified and you'll be purified whenever I take care of this thing. I'm going to be exalted. Not me. God is. When it says be still, it means take your hands off. Relax. Relax. One um, teacher told me this way. He said, too, much, too many of us have our hands on the process. And he says, you saints need to have your hands on the promise. Because when you grab with the promise with two hands, you can't meddle in the process. So you leave the process alone and just hold on to the promises. When you're in the process, you're going to mess it up. He knows what he's doing. Last time I checked, anyone that can create the world in six days is pretty good. Amen? Leave the process alone. Get familiar and grab with two hands the promise. Because you need to handle The process. When I played football and I played basketball, and I'm telling the coach, he's saying, "Look, get a hold of the playbook and stay out of the process. Know the playbook, and that will you will execute. You'll be great at it. But if you want to get involved in everyone else's business, get in the get a hold of the playbook, eat that, get on that, and play the way the playbook says play, and watch everything else unfold around you." Versus trying to get in something that is none of your business. I'm not called to create anything. I'm called to facilitate growth. I'm not called to grow a church. I'm called to grow people. I do my thing and let God do his thing. Some of you say, I can't invite, just invite people. Let God do his thing, you do your thing. Don't worry about the process. Just go and invite. Invest and invite. How's it going to look? It don't matter how it looks. It's not your process. Because the pressure is on the promise. Not on the process. It's on the promise. Who's the promise? Who owns the promise? God owns the promise. Take your hands off. Everyone go, Yeah, relax if you're dealing with stuff. If you're a student, you're worried about a test tomorrow. Relax. I always relaxed until the night before because I was a procrastinator. And then I prayed this prayer God, give me the answers. I'll never do this again. And he did. And I lied and I did it again. And I thought I was blessed. That's my wife. She said, you learn to study, boy. (laughs) But take your hands off. He ordained you to be that which you are becoming. So he's going to open the door that no one can shut. He's going to shut some doors no one can open. But it's his doors, his life, his glory, and my purity. Last thing, and we sung it. God causes all things to work together for our good. And my says it's all good. We know this, this verse, Romans 8, 28. And we know that for those who love God, how many love God? Uh, some things work together for the good. Excuse me? Excuse me. Now, what does it mean in the Greek? What does it mean in Hebrew? Aramaic. Who said everything? Got an English major. <laughs> for the good for those who are called according to his, it's his purpose, guys. It's not my purpose. It's his purpose. He reveals his purpose for me. So I follow through on what he had planned. His plans never fail. Now I want to show you somebody who had to deal with this. Job, on top of the world, became the, in the bottom of the world. Go to Job 42. And here's this, here it is. Why wait? Job went through so much, lost so much, but he discovered a couple things. He found out his wife wasn't all that. But they, I, I believe the historians said they, they, they came back together. He was able to reconcile with his friends. But here's the thing. When God never answered Job, he just gave him the alternative of who he was. And once you have a rec- you recognize who God truly is, you're you're waiting. There's no more. You're not worried about it anymore, because He's showing by He said, "Did you create all this, Job? Do you even know how to think that way, Job? And, no, no, no. So who are you? You know, great conversation that Job had with God, and it's an honest conversation. But here was the end of it, and some of us are right here waiting for something, promises dealing with some issues in your life and when it says be still it means be active when Abraham saw those guys come down Jesus and the two angels come down and they were going to go destroy Simon Gomorrah, he didn't run out the tent and say hey God remember that promise you asked me about 20, told me about 24 years ago he had, jo- he had Abraham do what Job's going to do And the Lord restored the fortunes of Job when he had prayed for his friends. And the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Now, Job was offended with his friends. But he had to forgive his friends and he had to pray. So Job went from a servant to an intercessor. And forgiveness always precedes the blessing. Some of you are angry with God, disappointed in God. As you're waiting, don't sit and wait and think. Be active. Job became an intercessor. Become what God has called you to become until that shows up. Blessed him twice because he wasn't thinking about his own pain. He prayed for his friends. The greatest thing to get out of waiting and feeling the um, the pressure of waiting is to think about other people who have it worse than you do. They're about to be judged by God. He prayed for them. Abraham had to pray for those that God had closed their wounds. The next chapter, his son was born. He said, I'm not praying for them because I'm waiting also. No, he thought about other people. When you think about other people in the middle of your pain, in the way of your waiting, in the way of you being patient, God will grow you up. What happened? God was glorified when he restored everything he had and the greatest blessing that Job ever had, we think is material, but the greatest blessing he had was this, knowing God better and understanding his work in a deeper way. My blessing whenever I'm waiting and he's working patience in my life, the greatest blessing I wanna walk away with is I get to know the Father better. says in the Bible that he knew of God. And Danny says he knew God. See, when you start this trail, you know of God. But when you go through those things of perfecting, you come out, you know God. And just when you think you know God, he gives you another waiting period. So you'll get to know him even deeper. My whole life, my whole goal is to know him better and to understand his work more. And everything else shows up. And I help try to help as many people as I can. Am I perfect? I did not know. Which I forget about what I'm waiting for, and I want to help other people achieve their dreams. You want to help other? You need to help other people achieve their dreams. You'll turn around like goodness and mercy, and say, "Oh, I just arrived at my dream. I didn't even know it." I tell people all the time, God has a sense of humor. He picked me to lead? (laughs) Ha ha. Somebody had to knock me on my back. Hey, champ, I see this. In the midst of me helping, hey, champ, I see this. If I was pursuing this, I wouldn't be here. If I'm pursuing everything else, I wouldn't be here. No, Jesus was not pursuing, hey guys, you want to help me with these needles, these nails in my hands? No, I got a people to set free. And the joy of waiting is hanging out and helping other people. And that's what makes patience fun because now he is purifying me and he's going to be glorified and all that takes place. Because they're going to say, how did he do it? I didn't do it. I didn't do it. It's impossible for me to do it. I'm just going to be purified. Because I need it. I need pruning. I don't know why I'm saying this. We all do. But here's the trick, guys. Galatians 6, 9 says this. Don't grow weary in doing good. There's a due season for each and every one of you. You'll reap if you don't quit. If you don't quit the dream, you don't quit the people, you don't quit God. There's something waiting for you, but it's only going to be in the process with other people. You can't do it as a desert island. You can't do it alone. You can't do it It's me and God. That doesn't work. If you don't quit, you don't give up on God, because when you give up on God, you want up giving up on God's people. It has nothing to do with God's people. When you quit on God, you quit his system. You quit his family. And what happens is, I don't know about them. It ain't about them. It's about your relationship with God. It got nothing to do with them. You grow in your walk with God. You grow in your walk with people. And let me tell you something I learned this week. It takes a lifetime. It takes a lifetime. That's the fun about it. It's a lifetime walk. And I get better and more purified as I'm going and I'm learning. I have no idea what's going on, but I know God's there. He's in charge. I know he's got the greatest harvest coming out of this place. Why? If I don't give up, how about you? Been thinking about giving up? Your dream? Giving up on God? He didn't give up on you. He sent his only begotten son to die on the cross for you. You think that's giving up? No, he went up. How about you? Don't give up. I don't know who I'm talking to today. Don't cash it in. If you're going through a lot of, <laughs> you're just this close, man. Don't give it up. Be patient. Let them work. Let them purify you. Purify your motives. Purify your heart. Because when you get purified, nothing's about you anymore. It's about God and people. that's what no one sticks around for. It's easy to hide in it, but no one sticks around for it. And guys, we want to stick around for it. It takes a lifetime. And here's the greatest thing. You got to love me for a lifetime. We're gonna end with our leaders coming up and if that was you I'm talking to